The Mariners nearly swept the Astros because, of course, they did. Ty France continues to be a top 10 hitter in all of baseball. And a trip to a new look Camden Yards is on tap tonight. We got you covered on all of it here on the Locked On Mariners podcast. Colby, hit it. You are Locked On Mariners, your daily Seattle Mariners podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It is Tuesday, May 31st, 2022, and this is the Locked On Mariners podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms. I'm Tidane Gonzalez. He's Colby Patnode. We cover the Mariners over at InsideTheMariners.com. More on that in just a bit. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez, that's D-A-N-E-G-N-Z-L-Z, and Colby at CPAT11, that's C-P-A-T-1-1. Be sure to also check out our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash control the zone. We typically post two additional shows on there every week. Get into some bigger ideas and uh, bigger topics, whereas Locked on Mariners covers more of the day-to-day with the M's. We also get into some non-baseball discussions on Control the Zone as well. It's a fun time, so be sure to check it out. Again, that is patreon.com forward slash control the zone and if this is your first time joining us here on locked on mariners welcome to the show if you like what you hear give us a follow or subscribe wherever you listen to this and if you're watching us on youtube hit the subscribe button turn on the notification bell and give this video a thumbs up we greatly appreciate it so before we get into our topics for today because we're going to be talking some thai france we're going to be talking about this orioles mariners series coming up we're also going to be looking back at the weekend series Uh, Let's talk about Inside the Mariners. It is our new Mariners website that is officially launched as of this morning on Fan Nation, which is part of the Sports Illustrated Network. We have a bunch of content up there already, so please check it out. You can also follow the website at Inside Mariners on Twitter and on Facebook. More social channels to come eventually. Uh, But right now we have those, and uh, yeah, we, we have, I believe, six articles on the website right now um so there is a lot of great mariners content in there for you to look at colby wrote about the uh, the mariners bench and maybe some all-star uh possibilities for the mariners uh, i wrote about the um the walls being moved back at camden yards i also wrote about the mariners bullpen and high leverage situations and some of their what was there i also wrote about six orioles players to uh keep an eye on outside of you know trey mancini uh, cedric mullins anthony santander so a lot of good stuff on there be sure to check it out again that is inside the mariners.com or si.com forward slash mlb forward slash mariners So with that out of the way, the Mariners, as I said, nearly swept the Astros this past weekend because, of course, they did after losing 2-3 to the Oakland A's. I don't get this team anymore. I'm going to stop trying to make make predictions about this team. I'm going to stop uh, just assuming that I know anything about this team whatsoever because everything that I know about this team... It, it's not accurate. Whenever I feel like I, I, I have them figured out, when I have them pinpointed, I do not. None of us do. I think none of us know what this team is going to do on a day-to-day basis. And they, <laughs> wow, it's just, it's incredible what they did to the Astros in the first two games of the series. I mean, they just overmatched them, quite frankly. It wasn't even close. It was, I believe, 6 nothing, and then 6-1 to one in both of those games. They jumped all over Justin Verlander, which was incredibly surprising on Friday. 
Kyle Lewis had a massive series with a pair of home runs, and they were not cheap by any means whatsoever. He he smoked those balls. Um, Julio Rodriguez uh, got on the board with another home run as well. Ty France just continues to hit. We'll be talking about him later. And the Mariners got some really good pitching performances out of Marco Gonzalez, who, again, pitched well against the Astros. That's just kind of what he does. Chris Flexen had a really strong start, and so did Logan Gilbert, and they all go seven innings in this series. Who stood out to you the most out of those three? Was it Marco doing it again against the Astros? Was it Gilbert on Saturday going toe-to-toe with Jose Urquidy? Or, or was it Flexen finally being able to beat out Justin Verlander in his third matchup with them this year? Yeah, Verlander was certainly the uh, the bigger surprise. Um you know, Flexen's been up and down this year, but when he's been good, he's been very good. He has, you know, three of the higher pitch scores uh, of any Mariner starter this year. Uh, so when he's good, he's been great. Uh, it, he's probably the one who had the best start. I think Gilbert was right there. Uh, certainly Marco doing what he does, battling, battling you know, another superior team and, and really giving his squad the best chance to win um, that he could. Uh Marco gave up a few too many hard hit balls. He, he had a nice defense playing behind him, uh, which certainly helped. But uh, yeah, I would say Flexen was probably the best this weekend. Gilbert was a very close second. And then uh, Marco was a pretty obvious third, but it's, it's not a slight to say that going seven and a third and giving up two earned against the Astros is the third best performance of the weekend. It just speaks to how good the Mariners rotation was. Um, against a healthy Houston Astros team. Yeah, and then uh, going to the offense here for the Mariners, like I said, they score six runs in back-to-back games. Um, they did get shut down a little bit against Luis Garcia on Sunday. They were able to put together a couple runs in that game, or sorry, one run in that game, uh, but were not able to capitalize on a couple of other opportunities that they had where you know, they, they, they could have won that game pretty easily, and you wrote about that on Inside the Mariners and, and why the lack of depth that the Mariners have on their bench is kind of, uh, you know, one of the main reasons that that happened. And, uh, you know, a part of that also is because Kyle Lewis was not able to play on Sunday. He was initially in the lineup but was scratched, and the night before he was unable to finish the game, he did get hit in the head with a uh, breaking ball at one point, or uh, near the head at least. Um, but was seemed to be okay from that. So not sure if that was the reason that he was held out the next day. Not sure if they're just being cautious. If something came up, we don't really know. Uh, but we will see here in probably a short while, probably even while we're recording this, uh, if he is back in the lineup uh, tonight in Baltimore, uh, which would be huge for the Mariners. And, and we'll be talking more about that series in, in just a moment. But Kyle Lewis right now has two of the Mariners' 11 home runs that would be home runs in uh, in the new Camden Yards uh, with the new fences out in left field. He is absolutely obliterating the baseball. He's getting more to his pull side. Uh, what did you see out of uh, Lewis in this series? Yeah, it's... Um, by the way, uh, we do we do actually have the lineup just posted. Oh, okay. um, and Kyle Lewis is not in it. So. Oh, no. Yep, there you go. Winker DHing today. Um, Dylan Moore gets a start in left field. Oof. Um, so yeah, uh, Lewis not playing today. This is two days in a row and really three since he had the off day. This is what, when Lewis can play, the Mariners lineup is significantly better. 
but you cannot count on him to play a single game. Every game he plays is a bonus. So just this idea that like, oh, well, you know, the lineup's deeper because we have Lewis now. It'll be fine. We just have to wait for Haniger and blah, blah, blah. That's that's not a thing. Kyle Lewis got two days off in a row, and he couldn't be in the lineup tonight. It's just not a thing. So it's it's unfortunate that that's where we are with Kyle Lewis, but this isn't a good sign, guys, that he's already having to miss back-to-back games with an off day thrown in there. Uh, but, yeah, when he played, he looked in, extremely comfortable at the plate. We saw him you know, hit the ball to the other to the other field for singles, and we saw him get to his pole side where a lot of his power is and obliterate a couple of baseballs. So um, Lewis, when healthy, is, is really going to help this team. It's just we're a weekend, and he's already missed time. Uh, because of mm. a knee injury. So um, it's just, it's not a good sign. You just, you cannot count on Kyle Lewis for anything. And it's unfortunate. Uh, but when he plays, the Mariners lineup is significantly better uh, because then you avoid this Dylan Moore, Taylor Trammell, Cal Raleigh uh, stack that it appears the Mariners will go with. So I say again, go get Ben Gamble, go get Tyler Naquin. But, uh, you know, Lewis, I, I wish he was healthy because you see how much better and deeper this lineup is with just one additional average or slightly above average bat. You don't need a superstar in this lineup to make it significantly better, but uh, it just, you, you just can't count on Kyle Lewis to be that guy. Yeah. Unfortunately, that is the case at this point because, you know, you see it right now. He hasn't played in the field. He's only played seven innings in the field since he started his rehab stint. Uh, and that's, you know, back in Tacoma. And otherwise he's been DHing and he's, you know, he hasn't looked, himself on the base pass clearly uh and that's also been uh you know that hasn't really been much of an issue but that's been concerning at least and uh now you know not being able to go on sunday after getting scratched and then uh, having the off day yesterday and not being able to make his way back into the lineup tonight uh it's worrisome it's worrisome for the mariners and uh it's just again as you said re-emphasizes the need for more depth for an outside addition to be made here. And uh, yeah, you know, they, they should be getting Justin Upton here in the next week, week and a half, but you know, <laughs> when was the last time Justin Upton was good? 2018. I mean, to be fair, Justin Upton is better than probably three of the guys that you have on your bench right now. Uh, but that That's says more about more your ad- bench than, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah than, than <laughs> That's Justin more advocating Upton. for you to go get better than Justin Upton even, than it is to say <laughs> yeah. Justin Upton is yeah. good but uh yeah, yeah it's just it's a bummer man it really is because again it, it's the evidence is right there lewis hitting six or seven um it just makes the lineup that much deeper and, and that much more of a threat and yeah uh, it just you just can't count on it for a second um you just have to kind of enjoy when you have them and then be ready for the inevitability that you won't have them for a few days uh, yeah. Again, it's everything that Jerry Depoto said this off season. Whatever we get out of Kyle Lewis, we view as a bonus. Too bad he uh, he didn't uh, you know back that up with actions, but yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. The over reliance of Jerry Kelnick being good and Mitch Haniger staying healthy, unfortunately. All right. So I uh, I saw in our comment section on YouTube of our last episode uh, someone saying. You guys never talk about Ty France. So guess what, listener? We're talking about Ty France in just a moment. But real quick, 
Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet Online is where the game starts. You're listening to Locked On Mariners. Thank you again for making us your first listen of the day. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast with recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts taking fans through the season like no other network. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So Ty France is a monster. He had six hits in the series against the Astros. He drove in five runs. He also had a home run on Friday night. He's hitting. Uh, he's in the midst of a an eleven game hitting streak right now. He is slashing three forty two, four fourteen, five oh five with a one seventy five WRC plus. He is leading or near the top of the leaderboard in pretty much every hitting category for first baseman, whether it's the American League or just Major League Baseball as a whole. The guy has just been absolutely ridiculous, and he just does not stop. I mean, we're here at the start of June now, and it's been two months pretty much of this version of Ty France. There has been, you know, a couple of mini slumps here and there. And the crazy thing, too, is he's been dealing with a hip flexor throughout all of this as well. Yeah, Ty France is doing all of this not 100% healthy. Yeah, he's okay. Um, <laughs> I've seen better. I mean, he's no Luis Arise. Um, <laughs> ironically, those two should be the two first basemen for the All-Star game. And I think there's a very strong chance that neither of them are in the All-Star game. Uh, but this isn't about Luis Arise, although I could make it about Luis Arise. Um, it's, it's I'm about sure Ty you France. could. I, you, know, <laughs> you know my love for Luis Arise knows no bounds. Um, but no, I mean, France has just been probably the best all-around hitter in the American League, not named Mike Trout and Aaron Judge. Like, that's probably yeah. what we're looking at here. Um, he is far and away the best first baseman in the American League right now. He is a full win higher than the next highest first baseman in F4 um, in just 45 games. Ty, bonus points if you can tell me who number two is in F4 at first base. It's not Vladdy. It's no, not, it's not. I would Vlad ass- is I w- like 16th. I would assume it's not um, Luis Arise either because you were just I, talking about him. Yeah, I believe he is third. Mm. which is BS, but uh, in the American league. Yes. Uh, here's how confident Yon- I am. That Yandy Diaz. No, he's, he's up there. Here's how confident I am that you can't get this. I'm going to tell you the team. Okay. Cleveland guardians. Uh, uh, yeah. Owen. Oh, Owen Miller. Yes, Owen Miller is is technically okay. number two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he is worth one win. Ty France is worth two. Uh, France is worth two point six on B War. Uh, if you're a B War type of guy, uh, three forty two, four fourteen, five oh five, and he's starting to hit with a little more power now too. Over his last three hundred sixty five days, which is the total of one hundred fifty six games, uh, Ty France is hitting three seventeen, three eighty eight, four eighty. Um. What more is there to say? The guy's 
an elite hitter. He is a Ty France is an 80 grade hit tool. That's what Ty France is. Um, if you ask what, what an 80 grade looks like for hit tool, it looks like Ty France. He doesn't strike out. He puts the ball in play, hits the ball with some power, uses the entire field. Look at his spray chart. Um, it's Ty France is the 80 grade bat. And, yeah. uh, and I mean, you saw it in that video that, that you sent me the other night mm-hmm. from, I believe it was Friday night, uh, one of his singles yeah. that he hit, the delayed swing, where he got, you know, he, he got into his hitch and just delayed it a second, mm-hmm. and then, you know, he just cocked back a little further and then followed through. And that's just like, <laughs> the the ability that he has is rare. It's special. It's yeah. the, you know, it's as you said it's 80 grade it's the 100th percentile hit tool basically you know he's not the best all-around player in all baseball no and plus his defense has regressed this year unfortunately and i would assume part of that is because of the hip flexor but (laughs) the like everything that he does at the plate i mean you know if you want to nitpick it would be nice if he could tap into more over the wall power but (laughs) I mean, what are, what are you going to complain about here? The, he just he gets on base. He does hit for you know gap to gap power, and he can still hit some home runs here and there. He's still going to hit like 20, 25 home runs probably. That's <laughs> having that guy on on your team at the top of your lineup. I mean, that's just the fact that you were able to get him for Austin Nola, and he wasn't even the big piece in that deal. Just that looking back on that deal. It's <laughs> at the time, at the time, Colby, at the time. But like looking back think, on that I, deal, I think the Mariners would disagree with you, but go ahead. That's true. That is true. That is true. Yeah. The, you know, the Mariners had wanted Ty France for a long time and, you know, they, 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 they got him and, and now we see right. why <laughs> we see exactly why they, they wanted him so badly. And, and, uh, AJ Preller at, at a certain point, man, you got to stop living off of the Fernando Tatis Jr. trade. Uh, that dude needs to go for the sake of the Padres organization. Uh, yeah, the, the fact that he let Ty France go and, you know, I, I know Eric Hosmer has been pretty decent this year, but uh, yeah, picking Hosmer over France, mm, that's a that's a choice. That is certainly a choice. But yeah, Ty France has been fantastic this year. He should absolutely be an all-star. But what do you think about the possibility of that? Obviously, you wrote about this on, on Inside the Mariners, and people can read your thoughts there. But just to kind of sum it up real quick, how do you feel about his chances of uh, cracking that team? I still think they're pretty good because I think the Mariners might be in a year where they only get one rep. And if only one Mariner can be an all-star this year, it should be Ty France. Um, agreed, but it doesn't, it doesn't always work that way. You know, there, there are different, Hey, well, Vladdy's probably getting voted in as a starter, whether he deserves it or not, because the system's rigged that way. Um, and then how many backup first basemen do they carry, you know, and are they going to give a nod to Miggy who might be retiring at the end of this year? Are they, you know what I mean? Like how many of these guys, there's honorary spots that kind of go. Um, and part of it is, you know, how many shortstops need to go and if, JP's probably got a shot, not a not a great one, but he's got a shot himself. Uh, he is fourth, I think, in in the uh, in shortstop in terms of F four. He's second in in WRC plus. He's been great this year. He definitely deserves to be in the conversation, uh, but he's behind three big names who all play for big markets. So, is JP going to get to go? And if he does, as an injury replacement, does that actually squeeze Ty France? Because we know that there are going to be teams that only get one rep, 
Um, we know that Oakland's only going to get one. We know Detroit's only going to get one. We know Kansas City's only going to get one. Um, maybe two if, if they sneak, you know, Salvador Perez in there. So mm-hmm. there's limited spots. I still think he has a pretty good shot because the reserves are selected by the manager. Um, and I, I just think that France's reputation in the game is significantly mm-hmm. higher than that of it of the fans as a whole. And there's a very good chance that most non-Mariner fans have never heard of Ty France. Uh, and that, yep. that does come into players. But I would still say it's I would say it's probably a little bit better than 50-50 that he gets in, but it should be a hundred percent, especially if he continues to hit like he has been. I'm just not mm-hmm. convinced it will be because MLB All-Star game voting and, and the selection process is stupid because why can't you know why can't we just agree that Detroit doesn't deserve an all-star just because they they play major league baseball? You know what I mean? It's the same yeah. thing that happened to the Mariners in 2019. Daniel Vogelback makes the all-star team. Does Daniel Vogelback deserve to be on the all-star team? No. Why was I mean, he? in my heart, he does. Sure, but in practicality, no, he doesn't. <laughs> and he made it because there had to be a Mariner. And that's that happens every year. Somebody right. gets a nod who doesn't deserve it because there has to be somebody from every team. Um, and I just worry that France might be one of those guys who gets left out or he ends up on the 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 last chance ballot or whatever. Um, oh, yeah. We, we have to send Segura again or whatever it is for France. So uh, we'll see. But, so uh, I so if France didn't good. make it, then who, who would you venture to guess is the Mariners' rep? <sighs> see, that's where it gets tricky. It could be Julio, but Julio, I think, has to have another amazing month of June to have a shot. Yeah, I would There's agree. There's so many good center fielders. And just yeah. outfielders in general, uh, it could be could be JP like I mentioned, but again, he has to leapfrog uh, Xander Bogarts, Tim Anderson, um, and somebody else. Uh, can't remember who the other guy is, but they just leapfrog them and Bo Bichette, even though he's been significantly better than Bo Bichette. But we know Blue Jay fans love to just vote for their Carlos guys. Correa, yeah. yeah. He's below court. But yeah, I mean, these are big market. Uh, Jeremy Pena is the other guy. Oh, yeah. Jeremy um, Pena. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, if one of those guys gets hurt, they typically take three shortstops. Um, if one of those guys gets hurt, and I think Anderson's dealing with something, maybe if JP keeps hitting like he has been for the last week or so, then those numbers are going to go up and he's got a shot there. Um, I would say Gilbert has a shot, but I feel like the couple of the teams that are only going to have one rep, they're going to be rep by a pitcher. So, Oakland's rep is going to go to Frankie Montes and, and uh, Detroit's rep right now is probably going to be Tariq Skubal. And obviously if those two are there. There's probably not going to be room for Gilbert when you factor in Verlander, McClanahan, um, Gossman, you know what I mean? So yeah. we'll see. I, I feel like if it's not France, it's probably JP, but that's why I think it will ultimately end up being France just because yeah. he is the best at his position in regards to, the other options that could represent the Mariners. Mm-hmm. All right. So the uh, M's are heading to Baltimore, uh, starting to make three games set with the O's at Camden yards, which has undergone some significant changes in left field and uh, ugly changes. Hence your reaction. Um, but yeah, this Orioles team is, you know, fifth place in the AL East right now, but, it's uh you know and it's 20 21 and 29 but it's um it's probably the most talented roster they've had in the last few years and you know obviously that's saying you know more about 
what their teams have looked like over the last few years than, than what their team looks like now. But uh, there's some there's some names on this team. Trey Mancini, Anthony Santander, um, Cedric Mullins, who's having kind of a down year after uh, after being an all-star last year, having a great season, just absolutely breaking out last year. He's, uh, I think he has a WRC plus of 95 right now, so that's not great. Uh, but then, you know, guys like Austin Hayes picking up the slack, uh, Rugnet Odor and Ramon Urias have been uh, really good over the last couple weeks. Uh, they've been they've been red hot. Uh, Odor's running a 150 WRC plus uh, since the middle of the month, so that's a name that you got to keep an eye out for. Obviously, he's been kind of a thorn in the Mariners' side. Uh, he's hit a lot of home runs. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, I the memories are coming back to me <laughs> as, I, as I speak about it. Uh, but yeah, this um, this Oriole team is is, is pesky. They they have uh, series wins against the Rays, against the Cardinals, against the Angels. They just did something the Mariners couldn't do, and they actually beat the Red Sox. They beat the Red Sox ten to nothing last night. Um, they also won a, a couple of other games in that series as well. It was one of those weird five game series where they're making up for the uh, games mm-hmm. that got postponed due to the lockout. Uh, so the, I believe they won three of five uh, in this uh, most recent series against the Red Sox. So this is a team that, again, not very good but still talented and kind of trying to find its way. Honestly, it's kind of like the Mariners around this time last year where it's, you know, there's, there's talent. They're not particularly good, but they're going to give you a tough time. Uh, Adley Rutschman, of course, is also uh, now with the ball club. He's played eight games. Uh, he's struggling right now. Just some, you know, natural growing pains. I've, as Mariner fans will know with Jared Kalnick and Julio Rodriguez, you know, for the first month of the year, et cetera. Uh, it happens uh, even for the uh, best prospects in baseball. Uh, but yeah, what, you know, uh, this uh, Orioles team has uh, some decent pitching and uh, they're going to give them a tough time. So what are you hoping to see from the Mariners in the series? Find a way to win it. Um, it's about all you can hope to do at this stage. Uh, yeah, Baltimore, you know, they, they started the year really poorly. They were 7-14. and 14. Uh, mm-hmm. Since then, they're 14-15. and 15. They've been about a 500 team. Uh, uh, run differential in the month of May. Um, they've, been, they've been very, very uh, formidable uh, against mm-hmm. some pretty good teams. They've had a tough, tough schedule. Um, keep in mind, they had that near 500 record. And that was a stretch where they uh, lost seven of eight and they're still wow. have a shot to finish 500 in the month. Um, yeah. So they have some guys out in the bullpen with some really wicked stuff. Uh, you mentioned some of the dangerous bats in there. It's a, it's a tough matchup. And you know, the, the Mariners, they, they're throwing Kirby tonight, um, which means we'll get Ray tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. So they, they do have, you know, a couple of their best going, um, but it's, it's going to be tough, guys. This is not a rollover series. This is not wake up and take two out of three. The Mariners are going to have to play well, um, and they're going to have to earn a series win here uh, on the road in, you know, on the East Coast, which is never easy to do. But if you're the Mariners, you just, you just you know, beat the Astros. You almost swept them. It is critical for the Mariners to uh, win this series uh, just in terms of maintaining and keeping their momentum. Uh, so they they have a lot to play for, even though it's only May 31st. Uh, so it's, it's not going to be easy, but it's kind of one that the Mariners have to win. Uh, they, they got to find a way to take two or three from the series, because these are the type of series you have to win. If you're going to dig yourself out of the hole that you created. Mm-hmm. So if you're watching the game tonight and you look in the left field, you might 
notice that Camden Yards looks a little bit different and a lot a bit uglier. The left field walls were moved back this offseason. Straightaway left field used to be 364 feet. They moved it back to 384 feet, but they kept the foul pole, which is 333 feet, the exact same. So there is a very weird curve in the corner of left field that goes to, you know, the actual <laughs> left field wall, the straightaway left field wall, where it goes basically from 333 all the way to 400 and left center. And on top of that, they raised the walls from seven foot four to about 13 feet tall. And of course, this was an effort to cut down on all the home runs that have been hit there at the ballpark. Uh, you know, a lot of people can have considered Camden Yards to be uh, a glorified little league stadium, an arcade style baseball stadium. You've, I'm sure you've heard all of the things that people have said about the park because of all the home runs that, that get hit there. It's the most home runs that have been hit at any ballpark since 2002. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You know, they 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 had the MLB's home run uh, leader belong to the Orioles for four straight seasons from 2013 to 2016. Of course, guys like Nelson Cruz, Mark Trumbo uh, will come to mind there. And, uh, you know, it certainly has curbed the uh, <laughs> the home run totals. In fact, it's basically nearly killed them entirely. There have been three home runs in 23 games at the ballpark that have gone over the affected walls. There have also been 14 balls hit there that would have been home runs last year. Yeah. Uh, right now, the uh, the Orioles are on pace in general. Oriole Park in general is on pace to observe just 31.7 home runs this season right now. That's an 81-game pace. 31.7 home runs in an entire season at one ballpark. Obviously, I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, you know, it's still very early in the season and one game can change those, uh, projections quite a bit, but it's going to be very difficult for the Mariners to get by on just power. And also another thing to keep in mind here is left field with, and obviously Jesse Winker is DHing tonight, but that left field is pretty, pretty large now. And putting Jesse Winker out there is going to be an adventure. The one good thing, though, is, you know, Mariners pitching has led the league in home runs allowed. 62 home runs allowed through uh, 48 games now, is it? And uh, that will help. These changes will certainly help on that front, presumably, at least. But yeah, man, I mean, like, they ruined Camden Yards, right? <laughs> it's gross. It looks hideous. It's terrible. It's it's so ugly, and you just you kind of have to sit there and wonder what were you thinking. Um, talk about an overcorrection, uh, yeah. and, and all you've done is, in an attempt to no longer be an arcade style park, you've taken one of the actual prettier parks in Major League Baseball, and made it look like I don't even know what the nice term is uh, a dumpster. It's like it's like how in uh, MLB the Show now where you can like create a stadium. It's like someone just, yeah. <laughs> it's like they took the wall tool and just elevated, 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 yeah. elevated, elevated, and pushed it all the way back. And it's like no home runs, no home runs here, no home runs whatsoever. Yeah. As I mentioned, though, it, earlier on in the show, the Mariners have hit 11 home runs that would be 
home runs over that wall uh, to you know straight straight away left field. So uh, two of those, of course, belong to Kyle Lewis, which happened just you know a few days ago. Mitch Haniger has the other two. Obviously, he's not going to be playing in this series. Uh, but Eugenio Suarez has gotten one. Julio's gotten a couple. So there is potential there, obviously, uh, for the for the Mariners to maybe break new ground, if you will, a little bit starting tonight. So see how that goes. Uh, the Mariners hopefully can take advantage of a, you know, again, obviously the Orioles are fairly pesky, but this should still be a favorable matchup. For the M's, they are on paper talent more talented than the than the Orioles are. But again, as I said at the top of the show, I'm done projecting this team. I'm done predicting what they're going to do. I have no idea what they're going to do tonight, tomorrow, the next day, a week from now. Who knows? Who knows what the final product is going to look like in September? I don't know. Colby, you don't know. You listening at home, you don't know either. None of us know what the Mariners are going to do. It's just, you know, you just kind of got to go along for the ride. And, uh, hey, hashtag embrace the fun. So that's going to do it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Lockdown Mariners podcast. And, again, be sure to check out Inside the Mariners at InsideTheMariners.com or SI.com forward slash MLB forward slash Mariners. For Colby Patnode, I'm Tidane Gonzalez. Be sure to give us a follow on Twitter at LO underscore Mariners. You can follow me at Dane Gonzalez. Be sure to follow the website at Inside Mariners and Colby at CPAT11. That's CPAT11. You can also find all that stuff in the description of this episode. And thank you again for making us your first listen of the day, just like you do here every day. Now make your second listen of the day, Locked on MLB. That's where Paul Francis Sullivan, and please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the Major League's present and past. It's free wherever you get your podcasts just like us. So have yourself a beautiful baseball day, and we will see you tomorrow. Peace.